If you have your Bibles this morning, we are in the Gospel of Luke, still walking through this Gospel. We are at the end of chapter number 12. As we have uh, seen Jesus, uh, as He's been with a group of uh, people now for the last several weeks, uh, many weeks actually, he's, uh, a crowd has gathered of thousands of people that have been around him, and also his disciples have been there, and he's been talking to his disciples and teaching uh, his disciples, but also trying to teach the crowd and speak to the crowd um, as he teaches. And as we get into kind of the end, Jesus is getting ready to kind of end this, this thing up here with what he's talking about. He's going to uh, face and uh, speak directly to the crowd this morning and to us as we look at this. But just to kind of bring it all together here, what Jesus has been talking about, he's been laying out what it literally means, what it really means to be a true believer, what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. And what's really interesting about this is that even though he hasn't gone to the cross yet, it's been extremely applicable to where we have been living our life right now, isn't it? Isn't that amazing how the Bible really applies? And what Jesus has really been talking to here is he even gets into the fact of his second coming, and he hasn't even completed his first coming yet. And so we see as we look at this that, man, this really does apply to our lives. And I, I want to speak to that in this sense. How many of you know that when you read the Bible, it really does apply to your life today? So often we think, why in the world do I want to study a book that's so many thousand years old? It's because the Bible is a living book, and the Bible is always applicable to our lives. And in every area of our life that we are living in, the Bible speaks to and talks to and helps us through. And even as we are going today, it is so amazing to me that as we've journeyed through chapter 11 and chapter 12, in light of what we've been living and how we've been living and what our culture is like and what our world is like, how applicable this has been to our lives. For example, Jesus began this talk with these thousands of people and, and his disciples there, and the first thing he drew out was, don't fear men, fear God. Don't fear men. Don't, don't be upset about what man has, what man says, what man predicts, what man lays out. Follow what God has. Fear Him. And the fear there is respect what God has. Did you know that what God gives us is higher and better than what the world gives us? Did you know that? Did you know that God actually knows what's happening with this pandemic better than Mr. Fauci does? I thought I'd use an easy one there. I mean, do you understand that? Don't fear man, fear God. Don't invest in the world's possessions. Don't invest in worldly things. And he's actually going to talk about this a little bit more today. But invest in God's kingdom. Invest in things that are eternal. Don't be anxious. Oh, that's an easy one. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. There's so many things in this life that we can be worried about because we know so much more and things. He says, trust God. And then this is so amazing, I really believe this applies to us so well. Be watching and ready for Jesus' return. How many of you know that the Bible tells us as believers today that although there are signs around us that we can see, so many things that are pointing to the return of the Lord, do you realize that all He says for us is for us to look up? Look up, your redemption draws nigh. That's, that's what we're called to. Every day of our life, continually living. Be living and ready and waiting and watching because Jesus is coming. 
And then he went a little bit farther than that and said, listen, I've got a job for you. I've got a task for you. I've got something that you're supposed to be doing until I return, and I want you to be doing it. Make it a priority in your life. And then he gave us this encouragement. Guess what? When you make God a priority and when you're looking for his return and you're trusting him and you're not investing in the world, but you're investing in God's kingdom and you're fearing God and you're not fearing man, guess what? They'll get upset at you. <laughs> they ain't going to like you. They're going to think there's something wrong with you. They're think, you think you have rose-colored glasses on or something. and you can't, you can't deal with reality, and they're going to actually get angry uh, at you. And we see that happening in this day and age. And so Jesus is coming to the end of all of this. And he says, I, I, I think in my, as I read this text and I look at this, I kind of see Jesus kind of putting on the brakes and going, listen, we've talked about a lot of heavenly things, a lot of uh, spiritual things. I want to put the brakes on it. I want to be as practical as I can be for you today. I want to put this as plain as I can put it. I want to speak to the crowd. I want to speak to all, not you those who are my disciples who know the Christian lingo. I want to talk to you to those who kind of don't know the Christian lingo today. I want to just kind of lay it out there for you. And so he goes into two scenarios for the crowd here today that when we come to them and we read them and we look at them, we kind of go, what? Right? It's like we're building up, building up, building up, and then Jesus is like, well, let me say this to you. And, and, and we kind of don't know, but it's really interesting what, God, what Jesus is really laying out for us today as well as for everyone else. And so he looks at the crowd, maybe even the Pharisees that are there, he's talking to them, talking to the crowd, and he says these words in verse 54. He's, he also said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west... You say at once, a shower is coming. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat. And it happens. Well, let's stop there just for a second this morning. He says, you see all of this. You see the cloud. You feel the heat. You see what's going on. And these things happen. How many of you know what the easiest way is to start a conversation with a stranger? Do you know what it is? How's the weather? That's it. Oh, it's cold out there. Oh, or that nice breeze is blowing and it's so wonderful out there. Or my favorite, well, if you don't like the weather now, it's Wisconsin. It'll change in five minutes, right? We, can talk, we talk about the weather. We come in, people we don't even know, people we've never seen in our entire life. Woo, it's hot out there, right? Woo, it's cold out there. Usually it's never positive, by the way, right? Every season we're in, we find something to complain about don't we? Uh, but we can talk to people about it. We can, we can discuss it. And Jesus is saying, man, we, this, is, this is what you guys do when you get together. You talk. As a matter of fact, we have a running joke in my house. It's so funny. My dad's not a phone person. You ever know someone that's not really a phone person, right? My dad doesn't like to get on the phone and talk. So the joke in our family is, is that when my dad gets on the phone to talk, he asks you two things. What's the weather like and is your car running? That's it. Okay. How's the weather? And if you say the weather's good, okay, conversation done. And you say, how's your car running? It's running. Okay, dad's off the phone. He's done. He's got his information. That's all he needs. What's hilarious about it, though, is that my mom will get on the phone and talk to me for an hour, but in the background, he's feeding her questions. <laughs> it's like I was on the phone with you, but anyways, that's how that, that's how that goes. So the reality is what Jesus is drawing out, what Jesus is, is, is talking about here, is the fact that when we look at 
the weather, unless the weather really ties up into our livelihood of what we need to be, the weather's not really that big of a deal in our lives, especially today. We can still get things accomplished, get things done, even if it's raining or snowing or whatever. We know how to, how to work through uh, the weather there. And yet, what Jesus is saying is, why is the weather so important to you? He says you spend time worried about the, the cloud coming, you know it's going to rain, the heat, you, you know it's going to be hot. And he's like, you guys are smart people, you guys understand this, you guys see that. You see the signs and you know what they mean, but Jesus goes, I, I don't understand why this is so important to you. As a matter of fact, it's so interesting here. Every time I read this passage this week and a couple weeks ago as I was preparing for this, I got to this, this same point where I stopped right here and I thought, man... I think Jesus overreacts a little bit here. I mean, I, I understand what, what's going on, and, I'll see, and you'll see why he does this, but he comes to them and goes, man, you know when it's going to rain, you know when the hot air is coming, and he looks at them and doesn't give them anything else other than this, you hypocrites! Hip, well, because I know that's going to rain? Because I know it's the hot... Why am I a hypocrite? And look what he says at the end, and this is what he's getting to. And, and I want you to understand, because you see that exclamation point after you hypocrites are there, that Jesus was really emphasizing this. He really got on them for this. And this is what he's saying. He says, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky. You know what's going to happen. You know when it's going to rain. You know when it's going to be hot. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Even in their day and age, and in our day and age today as well. He's saying to us, the present time, why in the world can you understand that it's going to rain, or you understand it's going to be hot, or you understand what the weather's going to do, which is really simply nothing, but you can't understand the days in which you are living, the importance of this. He says, how can you be worried about the weather when there's so many other things that are happening in this world that are so much more important. And you'll talk to anybody about the weather, but you won't move into anything that's uh, big. And, and seemingly right here, he, he says this, and, he, and as Jesus does often, he leaves it. He's like, you hypocrites! Why don't you know how to interpret the present time? And then he moves on. And this is what he does. He goes into the next illustration. And why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? As you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you to the judge. And the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer puts you in prison. I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the very last penny. What's he saying here? Hey, Jesus, really, have, have you been out in the sun too long? Is this, have you been talking too long? Are you kind of losing what you're talking about? You were on, on course all the way through, and then now you're like, man, you're worried about the weather, and, and, and now you're worried about, what, us paying our debts? And he just simply says to them, why can't you determine what is right to do? Or can I put it to you this way? Don't you have common sense? I mean, I'm talking about stuff that, that you should know to do, but, but, but you don't do it. You, 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 you make your life more difficult than you have to. You make it more harder than you need to. You, you cause yourself to, to have more uh, circumstances in your life th than you need. And he talks about money here. He talks about paying off a debt. He's like, you don't pay off the pity debt that you have. 
I mean, you could take care of it, get it done, but no, you, you don't do it. You try to scheme your way out of it. You try to get around it. You try, try not to take care of these things. And then the, the person that you owe money to gets upset with you, and he takes you before the magistrate, which is a step before the judge, and he says, try to, to um, take care of this thing, and just drag it out and drag it out and drag it out. You know, you owe him the money. Why won't you just pay it? And then you go to a judge, and the judge gets mad at you, and finally, you've got yourself so bogged down and so wrapped up with so many different things that you're now in jail, and because you're in a debtor's prison now, you have no chance of paying this back because, well, are you going to make any money? Right? How are you going to do that? And your life is going to be bogged down with this stuff. Or, or in other words, as we're going we're to see here, you put yourself in jail by your circumstances. You bog yourself down with these things. And so what Jesus is saying here, what Jesus is getting to here, really with both of these, he says to the crowd, he's saying to even us today, why are you so worried about the little things? Why is your life so consumed about the small things? Why is your life so wrapped up day in and day out with things that really at the end of the day don't add up, as my mom would say, to a hill of beans, right? There's so many more important things. There's so many more pressing things, but, but you get yourself so caught up in the little things Listen now, you get so caught up in the little things that you can't get out of the little things to focus on the big things. You're trapped in these small things. You're trapped in, this, in these circumstances. You're trapped, in this, by his illustration, you're trapped by your bills. You're trapped by getting too many things, by accumulating so many things that you have to take care of them. You're, you're so accumulated by all the stuff that you have, all the things that you have. That you can't even focus on what is right. You have to tend to those things and the things of God get put on the back burner. That's what he's really dealing with here. He's saying, listen, whatever it is in your life, you allow the small things of your life, the petty things of your life to become so important in your life and you spend so much time worried about them and so much time focused on them that you even fight and argue over them and you destroy your life over them and you never have time for the things of God. That you're so worked, that, that doing the things of God is, is, are, are, are such a struggle because you let so many other things get in your life. Can I use something really simple in our lives? How many of you, don't, don't raise your hand please, but, but how many of you in your Christian walk have struggled spending time in God's Word? What's the number one reason why you've struggled spending time in God's Word? Because I've got so many other things I've got to tend to. I got so many other things that are so much more important in my life, these petty things, when God says there's nothing more important than spending time with me. As a matter of fact, God has already given us the, the, uh, the remedy for all of this. You've heard me preach it many, many times and say it. God says, listen, if you'll put me first, I'll take care of the rest. But he's saying here, he's saying you're so wrapped up with the petty, you're so wrapped up with the stuff that you never get to the good things of God saying you never get to see what's going on. And what Jesus is saying here now is he's coming to the end of this. He's coming to the end of this conversation. He's saying, listen, why am I harping on this? Because what I have already given you is urgent. This is urgent. You know what urgency means, what urgency is? It's an important focus. Have you ever been urgent on something uh, in your life? I had kind of an appropriate illustration I wasn't going to use, but I'll use it. Have you ever came home, and let's just say your bladder is as full as it can be? 
right? What do you do? You don't care if groceries got to come out of the car. You don't care what the kids are doing. You're making it to the restroom. Okay? Do you understand urgency there? Are you with me? Pastor, that's not a good illustration, but you understand the point, right? Okay, are you with me? All right. Focused. Urgency. This has to be taken care of. That's what Jesus is saying here. That's what Jesus is getting to. And he comes to these two scenarios and he says, listen. He said, those of you that are in the crowd, you have heard me talk about all of this Christian life to the disciples. You have heard all of this stuff. And I want you to know that this stuff is the most important stuff in a believer's life. And listen, if you're not there, this is where you need to be. The most important thing for you is if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day that you accept Him as Lord and Savior. Why? Because there's an urgency. You know what that urgency is? You're not guaranteed the next minute of your life. You're not guaranteed to walk out of this room today. You're not. You see. And so there's an urgency that Jesus is getting to. And so Jesus tells us not to be bogged down with the silly, distracting things of this life. Now you say, Pastor Mike, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to give up my job and give up all this stuff and just just go out and just uh, be a, a crazy, fanatical Christian every day, knocking on doors, telling her? No, that's not exactly, that's not what Jesus is saying. Here's what he's saying. He's saying you have a life to live, you have responsibilities to take care of, you need to do what you're supposed to do. But in those responsibilities, Jesus comes first that's what it is god is honored when you go to work god is honored when you take care of your family god is honored when you play and enjoy life god is honored in that but when any of that stuff comes before jesus that's when you get into trouble that's when the idolatry comes in that's when when you make the excuse to go do something other than what god's word tells you to do because, well, I've got to take care of this. I've got to do this. I know of people, I've heard of people many times saying, I bought this or I bought that or I've got this land or I've got this property or I've got this and I've got to go. I've got to go take care of all that stuff. I've got to do that. Remember what Jesus said to those who said, I'll follow you, Jesus, but I've got to go take care and bury my family first and I've got to go do this. And Jesus said, you're lying. You're lying. Let the dead bury the dead. You don't mean what you're saying. You're not saying that you genuinely follow me. So Jesus says, as a true believer, as a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, he says, this is how you are supposed to live. Fear God, don't fear man. Invest in God's kingdom, not temporary things that this world has. Trust God, don't live in fear, worry, or anxiety. Be ready for my Return. Be ready at any moment for me to come. Live a life that draws people into salvation and draws them uh, into knowing me. And live a life that shows what it means to be a genuine follower of Jesus Christ and tell others about Jesus Christ. Don't worry about those who ridicule you and attack you, whether it's family, friends, acquaintances, or enemies. And do all of this, listen now, with purpose. Do all of this with purpose. You have a purpose in this life, and that is to live like Jesus in this life. And when you live like Jesus in this life, Jesus says, if you lift me up in, in church and anything, if you lift me up in your life, 
I will draw all men to myself. He will bring us and, and use us. So how do we do this? How do we live with this urgency? How do we uh, walk the way that Jesus is telling us to walk in this? Three things very quick, and that is this. First of all, you ready? Don't major on the minors. Don't major on the minors. What do I mean by that? Don't have a vision that's consumed. Are you ready? With you only. <laughs> well, what do I need? What do I want? What's going to make me happy? What's going to make my family happy? It's all about me. That's the mindset of the world. Don't live a life consumed with stuff and the things of this world. Live a life of what would Jesus want? What does God's Word say? Don't worry about all the things that are outside of your control. Don't stress over the things and others that others do in their life. Have a passion. Listen, have a passion for the Word of God. You know, we were talking about that in Sunday school this morning. It was such a, a tremendous thing. We were talking about other world views and what it boils down to is the fact, you know why our view is different than their view is because we actually have absolute truth. And they don't. How am I supposed to live my life as a believer? There it is. What am I supposed to do? What's first? What's major? What's important? That's it. It's there. The world says, I'm going to work it out my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. I want to have my own way. I want to make me happy, make me number one. And God says, listen, a genuine believer does not make themselves number one. A genuine believer makes God number one. Always. Major on what's important. Put God first in your life, and then the other things will happen. You say, well, God doesn't want me happy. God doesn't want me to do these fun things or these good things. Absolutely not. God says, I want to give you life and life to the full. I want you to have an abundant life. I want you to have a great life. I want you to have a fun life. But it starts with Jesus first, and then he takes care of the rest. And I promise you what, I've never heard anybody say to me that when they put Jesus first, they were upset with their decision. I've heard many people say, man, not until I put Jesus first did I really start living. You see, don't major on the minors. Do what's right. The second thing, do what's right. Jesus says to, uh, in the second story, he just says, you know what's right. Just do it. Just do it. And don't do it for man and don't do it for others. Do it for me. Just make the right choices, the righteous choices in your life based upon my word. And I just jotted these down because of that illustration. Live right, do the right things, be a man or woman of your word, pay your bills, be responsible for your debt, make sure nothing in this world can hinder you from God's call in your life. Just live right. Just do what God has said. Of course, we can't do any of this apart from the Holy Spirit working in our lives and apart from us having a relationship with Jesus Christ and us knowing the Word of God. But if you have that, if you have that relationship, I think so often we as believers know what to say and we rarely back it up with what we do. And we need to be careful about that. In the day and age that we are living in today, we must back up what we say. Live right, do right, act right, and ensure that your life and your words back up God's word in grace and share his grace with the world. Don't major on the minors, do what is right, and just simply this, live for Christ. Jesus is coming back. 
Live for Christ. Live for Christ. Live as Christ lived. How did Christ live? Christ surrendered himself completely to the Father's will. He said, not my will be done, but your will be done. Every day of our life, God, as I know your word, as I know the truth of your word, as I know the principles of your word, don't let me live for myself. Don't let me do my thing. Let me do your thing in my life. Do what Christ did. What did Christ do? He shared God's grace with the world. He stood firm on God's word and he shared his grace, God's grace with the world. And then act as Christ would act. Live above reproach. Live so that no one can say that they don't see Christ in you. You see, Jesus stressed this urgency to his disciples and to the crowd. And he hasn't even gone to the cross yet. If Jesus was, so, was saying this was so urgent then, and he hasn't even gone to the cross yet, church, how urgent is it for us now? We're 2,000 years beyond the cross, and the clock is ticking ever so fast of his coming again. Jesus literally, to boil it down, is telling us to live with a kingdom mindset, with God's kingdom in mind. Can I tell you a secret? Everything this world has to offer will soon pass away. It'll be gone. What you believe is so of great value and worth in this world has absolutely no worth in God's kingdom. And it'll be gone. The only thing that will be left is what we have done for Christ. Quit worrying about it. Quit investing in it. Quit being so caught up with the world. You see, here's the reality. Here's the truth that Jesus is giving us coming off of all of this and what he said. He's saying, I want you to live this way. I want you to be a genuine, true believer, a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. I want your focus to be on me and not on the things of this world. Why? Because time is running out. He's saying, I can come at any moment. But do you know this? Jesus may not come in our lifetime. God is long-suffering. He may wait. I hope he doesn't, but he may wait. Guess what? You only have a certain amount of days that he's preordained in your life. Either he's going to come and take you or you're going to go and be with him. Either way, either way, time is running out. We're going to stand before Jesus someday and he's going to look at us and say, I think, and I don't know these words, but I think it's going to be in this essence, I gave you. I gave you the days that you lived. I gave them to you so that you would use them for me. What did you do with them? Who did you serve? Did you serve self? Did you serve the world? Did you invest in the things of this world? Or did you serve me? Did you put me first? Did you follow my word? Time is running out. Then on top of that, folks, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we have right outside our doors people that are hurting, people that are struggling, people that are hopeless, people that are dying, and people that are dying in their sins and going straight to hell. 
You know the answer to all of it? It's Jesus. Jesus. You know the answer we have to give? Is Jesus. We have been called and given by God His amazing grace, not so that we keep it for ourselves, but so that we give it away. What this world needs to see in our lives as genuine followers of Jesus Christ is they need to see us living with hope. They need us to, to live in this world knowing that our God is in control even when the world looks like it's out of control. They need to see us as followers of Jesus Christ stand firm and in love on God's principles. Stand firm on the truth of the Word of God. Don't waver from the Word of God. Don't waver in what it says, but show love and grace as we stand firmly on it. You know, it is the most loving thing. Listen to me very carefully. It is the most loving thing in grace to point out someone's sin. Did you know that? It's no way. I'm not going to do that. Well, then why does the doctor tell you you have cancer when you have cancer? Why does the doctor tell you that there's problems inside of you when, when, uh, when there's problems inside of you? The fact of the matter is, is that sin is deadly, eternally deadly. And we're too worried about people being offended. And I'm not saying that we go out there and we slap them over the head with the Bible and... and Chew them out. I'm saying that in God's grace, we go to them with the love of God and stand firm on God's word and call what is wrong, wrong, and what is right, right, and make sure they know the truth. The world needs to see us to not waver when times get hard. The world needs to see us be able to trust our God when times get hard. And the world needs to see us as people who will proclaim the good news of Christ until God takes us home or Jesus returns. Jesus says, this is what is so urgent. I have come to follow the Father's will. This is my plan. This is what I want to do in church. We have the absolute privilege to finish out Jesus' ministry. That's what we are called to do. We are called to live like Jesus, as C.T. Studd said, and I've used this before, I want to say it again, listen, only one life, that's your life, only one life will soon be passed. We only have the life that God has given to us. Only what's done for Christ will last. Everything falls away. Everything else becomes worthless. Jesus put it this way, store your treasures up in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt. But church, I'm afraid we're too worried about storing up our treasures here on earth where in the end they will be completely destroyed. Jesus is telling us in church this is what we need to do. The last slide, if you will, this morning, live urgently for Christ. Live urgently, live with purpose and intensity for Jesus Christ. And when we do, church, every, everything else God will take care of. And when we do, we will see this world change. We will see our friends, our loved ones changed as a result. 
Jesus says, listen, we as followers of Jesus Christ need to live this way and we need to understand that there's urgency in what we are to do because time is short. Remember, the Scriptures tell us, redeem the time for the days are evil. How are you doing? How are you living? Is there urgency in your life? Or as I've said many times through this few chapters, are you playing the game? It's so easy to come into church on Sunday morning, sit for an hour, two hours, and be spiritual. Are you living with urgency in your life? Live urgently for Christ. Will you stand with me in God's house this morning? Oh, Father God, I thank you so much for the truth of your word. I thank you, Lord, for the, the poignantness of it in our hearts. I thank you for what it says to me. And God, I pray that as the pastor and spiritual leader of this church, I will live with the urgency that I need to live with. And I pray we as a people will do the same. Oh, God, you're coming. And God, none of us are guaranteed another day. And so, Lord, I pray you'll use us, use Marquette Community Church as a beacon of light in this community, Lord, because there are so many in this community that are not walking with you, that do not even know you, that are on their way to hell, and you have purposely placed us here for this time with this message and this urgency. So, Lord, let us be faithful to what you've called us to do, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank <laughs> you.